So I was thinking about if you come alive in the river, you kind of need to like drink from the river to come alive. Like, I mean, just being by the river, you got to jump in, you got to partake of the river. Are you coming alive in the river tonight or are you just sitting there? Well, that's a nice river. Glory to God. <laughs> that sure is a nice river. Will somebody get me that table, please? And uh, so you have to partake of it. You have to partake. That's partaking. You know, if, if in the old days, I know none of y'all know anything about this, but if you went to a bar and just sat at the bar, but you never drank anything, <laughs> you would be the weirdo. <laughs> if you went to the bar and you just say, hey, give me a shot, give me a round. And then you just left it sitting there. I mean, eventually there's going to be another guy who's had enough of himself that would walk up to you and say, uh, what you going to do with those? <laughs> hey, what you going to do with those? In other words, you got to partake of it. You've got to take of it. If you're going, we're coming alive in the river. It's all great, and it sounds great. We're coming alive in the river. Are you partaking of the river? Are you really coming alive in the river, or are you just kind of letting the river pass you by? They're partaking right now. <laughs> Some people don't know. Have y'all been here when the joy was here before? You've been here when the joys come, haven't you? <laughs> I couldn't remember if y'all have been here when the joy was out, if I needed to explain it or not. I know y'all been. Well, just take another drink. Glory to God. Just belly up to the bar and just partake of the new wine. I love it when the world, I love it when the world's like, what is wrong with those people? They got to be drinking. I told that testimony of my dad. He sat there and he thought they were all a bunch of hypocrites because they go to church on Sunday, but they're making so much noise and there's so much laughter. They've got to be drinking. They're drinking. It's just not the alcohol that they think. It's a different, it's a new wine of God. <laughs> so much so that in Acts, they said, man, what have they been drinking? This is only the third hour of the day. What in the world? The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Think about it like this. Just think about this. If you're partaking of the new wine of the Holy Ghost, are you taking something that you shouldn't be taking? No, you're partaking of something that's godly, it is God himself. It's the Holy Ghost. Well, it's kind of like if you go back to those old days again, if I invited my friends over, and I'm like, dude, I got something special for you. And then they come, and they don't partake with it. I'd be like, what's the matter with you, right? 
Why are you not drinking this good stuff? I don't see anybody looking at me weird. Y'all must have had a pass too. But wouldn't you think it's funny if one of your friends said, no, 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 I don't want that good stuff. What? What is wrong with you? Now see, if this is the Holy Ghost and if it's God, should we just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm, no, I'm cutting the Holy Ghost off right now. That's it. It's closing time. Or is it like, wait a minute, that's, that's God. Why would I not want to partake more of God? Why would I not want more of the Lord? Like, no, no, no. Lord, when you start stop pouring, I'll stop drinking. Until then, I'm drinking. Drinking. Until you stop pouring, Lord, I'm drinking. I can imagine anybody that's watching that's not from North Carolina, they're like, what did he just say? Did she say Diddy? Yeah. Not Daddy, Diddy. Drinking. That's a serious night when you get go from drinking to drinking. <laughs> But see, many times what happens is we'll get in a service and we're like, oh, oh, no, let me, let me get civilized because we're in church. Look, 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 look. I feel the drunk coming on me. Hey, hey, hey. Maloko bebe bebe <laughs> now see, we have this idea, we have this idea, how many, alright, think right now, think right now about the picture, think right now in your head about the picture of the Lord's Supper. You got that picture in your head? What does it look like? The big long table, anybody seen the picture, the painting? The big long table. Recently it's been on Facebook because Judas had Popeyes and not Chick-fil-A. Because he's a traitor. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that. But the picture has got all this big long table and Jesus and his disciples and they're sitting there. And, they're, and it's like all prim and proper, you know. I mean they're talking, they're interacting, but it's very prim and proper. And we have this idea of church. We have this idea of church, right? Let's just read something. Will you put up on the, on the screen? Uh, Luke twenty two fourteen. 14. <laughs> How wrong is it for when the Holy Ghost is pouring out for us to decline Him? Nah, I've, I've had enough. It's time to get prim and proper. I want you to see this. Now, this is the Lord's Supper. This is the story of the Lord's Supper. And what he says is, when the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. He reclined at the table. This, you, do you see what's going on here? There at the, it's not all prim and proper. He's like this. He's like, hey, fellas, this is how the Lord's Supper happened. He reclined at the table. 
Is that what that says? Now, wait a minute. I thought Jesus minded his P's and Q's. I thought he had everything in order. This is order. He reclined at the table. Are, are you humble enough to say there's some stuff in the Bible I haven't seen before? I didn't know. See, for us to sit up and be all of a sudden become the authority on everything Jesus and to try and be the authority, oh, that's not right. And that's what that's pharisaical. And all of a sudden you try to become the authority on what's in order and what's out of order. What you're saying is I, I, I know it all. That's not godliness, that's pride. That's pride. Glory to God. Not for the pride, but that we're waking up. There's more going on. But who are we? I'll go back to it. Who are we to say, while the Holy Ghost is pouring out, oh, no, I, I don't want any more of you. And so yet we've declined him in different areas of our life because it's like, well, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, neither does Jesus reclining at the table. Like we've got to, I mean, you, you would almost think if I got up here and, and I did communion laying down there, most people would look at me and I, I'd be like, you know, heretic, you know, heresy. How dare he take communion like that? Yet that's how Jesus did it. He reclined at the table. At the very least, he got in his chair and he kicked back from it. He reclined. But it looks like he just laid down. Like he's laying there, laying, but that's the way their tables were at that time. But we, we want to make it prim and proper, even the painting, like it's prim and proper, right? But we don't understand that this is life. This is not, this is not him trying to fit it into a religious, spirit of religion's box. He's putting these things where we need and he's letting us live with it. In other words, he's getting life to us. This is real. This is in the middle of it. This is not Jesus only going to the holy people's house. This is him going to the tax collector's house. This is him going to the sinner's house. Not to partake of their sin. This is him going to their house, getting in their life, getting in their business and letting him get in, in, the, in him. Letting them come to him in the middle of it. In other words, I'm going to partake with you and you're going to partake with me. And guess what? It's messy. It's messy. Ministry, messy. You can write that in your notes. Ministry equals messy. Trust me. If you got some of the phone calls that we get, ministry equals messy. And the moment you think, the moment you think, everybody's like not looking at me because all y'all called me this week. <laughs> Oh, y'all. Everybody's like, oh, no, don't worry. It was everybody. All right. Ministry equals messy. <laughs> I'm going to pick on Jade tonight. She's right front and center. Awesome. People think, look, you get into the middle of people's business, it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. How many of you have ever tried to minister to somebody or love on somebody or get... Just get some of God to them and everything. Very quickly, it can turn messy. When it turns like that, that doesn't bother God. He's a master of cleaning up the mess. 
But you've got to be willing to go in there, reach into the fire, and pull somebody up out of that. But you're not going to reach into the fire if you've got to have all your ducks in a row. See, this is part of the issue. A lot of people, they, they're, you know, ministry in America has been so downhill for so long because what we've done is we've tried to clean it up. We've tried to clean up ministry. It doesn't work. Ministry is messy. People are people. They got real problems. And you get in there and, and they don't need, listen, they, if it was good preaching that was going to win this world and turn it, we'd have done had it. We've got some great preachers. You can go online all day long and watch some of the best preachers ever, ever. But that didn't do it. Why not? It's not just the preaching. It's preaching in the anointing. And even in the anointing, it's not always clean and prim and proper. Sometimes it looks messy too and people don't understand it. He said it's the foolishness of preaching. The foolishness of preaching that leads uh, people to salvation. In other words, there's, a, there's something where we've got to learn how to let God be God. We've got to let Him, we've got to get out of our order and get into his and his order sometimes it just doesn't look the way we think it's going to look well I, you know that person up there on Sunday they just were snot flying crying I mean they were just you know snorting and everything else couldn't Jesus touch them where they wouldn't be embarrassed well maybe he could but maybe that's what they needed some people need that, some people need something else, and we've got to be okay with it however it comes. Well, they're just trying to get attention. Maybe not. They might have been touched by the Holy Ghost so much that they couldn't control themselves. I mean, when an all-powerful God comes down and touches a body that's made of corruption, and they haven't dealt with all that corruption yet, this body sometimes doesn't know how to deal with that. When that type of power hits something that's not ready for it, Sometimes we just fall apart at the seams, it seems like. The same way if you remember Pastor Tracy's story about the hairdryer. You know, he had a 120-volt rated hairdryer and took it over to Europe and plugged it into 220, and it had a glorious few seconds. <laughs> you know? And then that was it. It wasn't rated to handle it. It, it had... It had uh, incompatible hardware with the power that it was being given. Well, when we have not cleaned up our life, when we have not cleaned up our life, we have incompatible parts. And when all-powerful God comes in there, sometimes he just knocks them out. The power of God just lays them out. Sometimes he just you know, tickles their funny bone because they need joy. Sometimes he gives them another drink. He's like, oh, they're already, they're already acting crazy rolling around in the floor. He's like, here, just take a little bit more. I don't care. I'm a crazy bartender. And he'd just pour it out. You just need, what you need is you just need more of me. You might not know. I remember there was this one guy <laughs> in Brother Hagen's meeting. And uh, I saw him, I saw the video. If this was a, a podium, here's what he did. And I'm not going to do it because I don't think this table would supported if I did it the right way. But they, have a he they had a heavy-duty podium, but the Holy Ghost is moving, right? I mean, the Holy Ghost is moving. All of a sudden, the power of God hits this guy. He runs up. He jumps on top of the podium, jumps up, jumps off, runs and jumps and falls over into the bab baptism. <laughs> Full suit. 
And everybody, now everybody sees that video today, and if you know anything about the Holy Ghost, they're like, yeah! And anybody who doesn't know anything about the Holy Ghost is like, those people are crazy. I never want to be associated with them. Here's what you don't know. I know who that guy is. And what you don't know is his wife, he was such a stiff, his wife was praying, Holy Ghost, I heard somebody, I think it was Pastor Tracy, tell it like this, just slobber knock them. I mean, just, just lay them out in the Holy Ghost. Just, I mean, just blow him out of the water. Well, what happened was Brother Hagen came walking by and the anointing got over on him and, it, and that's when it hit him and the Holy Ghost just slobber knocked him. I mean, he just knocked, and he was back there forever. That completely broke his life free. He was so tight, his life was so much in order and his wife had been praying and praying and praying. He needs you, Lord. He needs you to, to all the gears, knock the rust off, slobber knock them. And that's exactly what the Holy Ghost did. That was a huge testimony, and yet people laugh at it because they think they know what order is. They don't. They don't. And you know what? We've all been there where we didn't know what it was either. And just when you think you know everything about God, you can look over in Romans and Paul, who knew a whole lot about, I mean, most of the time when you talk about trying to understand a book of the Bible, Romans is one that's like, whoo, there's a lot in there. And, you know, wow, right? And here's Paul writing Romans. Obviously, he had some revelation. And he says, talks about God like this. Oh, the depths. I don't know how to describe him except to say this. Oh, the depths and the width of the power and the wisdom of God. He's so much more than what I can even begin to explain or know. So it's not for us to try and set by our own knowledge, hear that, by our own knowledge to set what order is. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, as soon, not long after I took your hand, here's what I saw in the Spirit. I saw the Lord take you up. I saw Him take your hand just like I took your hand. And you were standing there, but then he crossed your hand over your body and spun you around like a husband would spin a wife. I saw the Lord taking you and spinning you. And, and just it was beautiful. It was the most glorious thing. Yeah, Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mete stufra mon pequeira mosso. Ha ha yetenete. 
<laughs> I hear him saying, I've got some things I haven't even begun to show you yet. Depths, depths. In a personal relationship, him saying to you, I've got some stuff. Kind of like I've got some moves that you haven't even seen. I've got some things that I'm going to do in your life you haven't even begun to fathom yet. I've got some, I can work out situations and take them and turn them around in ways you haven't even begun to fathom. Take up hope, take faith, take trust in me and watch me do the supernatural and the miraculous in your home, in your family, and in your heart and in your mind. Watch me weave in, in ministry. Watch me weave in my glorious and supernatural nature into your words, into your thoughts, into your motions. Glory to God. Ha, me also, I see uh, like Catherine Kuhlman uh, when she would be uh, animated and even um, Amy Simple McPherson, how where they would be animated, even now today, uh, Billy Brim, how they would be animated, and it looks like emotionalism, and yet when they'd move their arm, the power of God would knock them out. I see him weaving supernatural into you and into even your motions, even into your thinking, into who you are, and watching the power of God. Lord, bring it alive. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People think it's emotionalism or something and, and not realize, oh, that was the Lord actually using the foolishness of men. To bring about the wisdom of heaven. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, 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 stufrokonomosabapapanamosabo. Glory. Ha ha ha. I see a beauty that he's weaving in your future. A beauty that he's weaving in your future. That people will look on and say, look at that beautiful. Just like when a, a couple on a dance floor takes over and it's so beautiful that everybody stops and watches. I see the Holy Spirit taking you by the hand at Jesus' command and living a life that people look on and they say, look at the beautiful things God is doing. And has done. Look at the beauty of what he can spend. Look at how he's taken her. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And you watch as it comes to pass. Just hear and be obedient. And watch what he does. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just pray in the Holy Spirit here for a moment. Let the Holy Spirit guide your prayer. If you don't speak in tongues yet, then just allow Him to guide your words in English. And if you want to get filled with tongues, it's as simple as just asking. Ha, 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 yet. It's so beautiful. If you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, it's so beautiful. It's such a powerful tool that God gives us. 
Uh, Lord, we just wait on you. We just wait on you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Setinidia kolodudunoma. Repepetene. Beda mesu. Vansubotro komosobleuhu. Bauhu tonanamata rada. Now you remember this morning. I said, just as simple as that, he said, you're not having fun. I said, you're right. He said, just have fun. In other words, take off that jacket, that coat of not having fun, and put on the fun coat. <laughs> like that. Put on the fun coat. <laughs> oh, glory. Put on the fun coat. Put on the joy coat. Put on the praise coat. All right, now... As some of you, you still got some stuff going on and you're meditating more on the stuff and the weight and the stuff that's not going right according to your head. Forget about that. Forget about that for these, this time. What you need to solve it is not your thinking. What you need to solve it is the anointing. You're in a place where the anointing flows. Stop thinking about it. In the name of Jesus, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Just put on joy. Put on praise. Just receive. Ah, oh, Lord, I receive from you. You might have to say it. Jesus, I receive from you right now. Father, I receive from you. Holy Ghost, I receive from you. You're welcome right now. You're welcome right now in my life. On purpose, I lay down that stuff. And I just focus on you. I set my eyes on things above, not on things below. I'm not setting my eyes on the problems or the issues. I'm not setting my eyes on things that are not going right. I'm not setting my eyes on me trying to figure it all out or me trying to fix everything. I'm setting my eyes on you. I set my eyes on you. I'll see what to do. I set my eyes on you. I'll see what to do. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. See, if you really believe that he's about to answer some things for you, you'll start thanking him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You're about to bring some answers right now. I might not know what those answers are, but you're about to bring them right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just receive. Ushers, if you want to get this communion. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now, as you're receiving this communion, just hold your place in Luke 22. We're going to come back to it and go to 1 Corinthians 11. First Corinthians 11, verse 28, But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. He says this, verse 30, For many, for this reason, Many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. And a number sleep. That means the number are dead. So, in other words, when we actually take communion right, it brings life and peace to us. When we take communion properly, it brings life and peace and strength to us, right? It brings life and peace and strength. Life and peace and strength. Now let's go to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 and verse 14 where we were at. Luke chapter 22, 14. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. He, hear that. He gave it to them. He gave it to them. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then... In the next verse, and in the same way he took the cup, 
after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. In my blood. Now, turn, if you would, to Leviticus 17, 11. Leviticus 17.11 And just the first part is what we'll focus on, but we'll read the whole verse. For the life, hear this, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. It's the blood. So the first verse that I read you in 1 Corinthians says that when you take communion, many people, they've not judged correctly. Now there's several things that they can judge wrong or right. Like one of the things that they can do is, uh, you've heard it, many of you have heard it preached, that they can uh, take communion and still have stuff in their life. And if they take communion, then they become guilty of the body and the blood because they didn't handle that stuff that's in their life. Uh, many of you have heard that taught in that way. Let me, let me give you a little bit different way to look at that. Okay? Uh, that is important. You don't want to take the body and the blood and lightly esteem it because what you're saying, you're remembering, hey, this is what Jesus did. This is his body that he gave for me. This is his blood that he poured out every drop for me, right? But then the other thing that you want to see is what does the blood do? What does the blood do? He said, now watch, he says, many of you are sick and weak. And even many of you have slept. In other words, many of you have died because you've not esteemed it properly. In other words, it's like this. When you come to it and you say, wait a minute, what did this mean? This was a, a life that was given. This was a life. This was a body that didn't have to be broken. This is a body that had no sin. This was a life that was given up on purpose, right? And, and then this is blood that was shed from an innocent man. This is a blood. And so in other words, he planted himself... He sowed himself, Jesus sowed himself into humanity and he deserves, does he not, to reap a harvest. He deserves to reap a harvest. Well, what's the harvest? Turn to your neighbor and say, you are. And then turn to your other neighbor and say, I am. I'm the harvest. I'm the harvest. Now I want you to see this. The, what did he say? He said the blood will make atonement. The blood justifies us. It justifies us. It makes us just. It makes us, it's the blood that makes us righteous. Now it's interesting. Hear this, listen cl carefully, closely, with wisdom. The blood makes you righteous. So if you, take, if you take the body and the blood and you walk out saying, I'm still filthy rags, have you esteemed the blood properly? No. 
So if you keep taking the condemnation of the devil for everything that you have been, you keep walking in the condemnation without receiving the righteousness that God's given you. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 through 21, it says you were made a new creation. You're made a new creature. In verse 21, it says he has made you the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, your righteousness, not your self-righteousness, your self-righteousness is as filthy rags. But when I receive righteousness by faith through the blood of Christ, I now have a righteousness that's on the God level. That's what he says. Put that up, please. Uh, You just did. 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made him, Jesus, who knew no sin... To be sin on our behalf, so what? So that we might become or be made the righteousness of God. The righteousness of who? Now, do you feel like the righteousness of God sometimes? I can tell you right now at this very moment, I do not feel like the righteousness of God. But praise God, we don't live by our feelings. We live by that word. We live by that Bible. And so when it says that the blood justifies us, the blood puts us in the right place, and no matter how you feel, it's done. When it says to esteem the body and the blood, one of the things that I'm esteeming is that the blood made me righteous. The blood justified me. And if I walk out of here thinking that I am not righteous, I'm not esteeming the blood. I'm not esteeming it correctly. I'm not putting it. And so all of a sudden, I will walk through life not expecting that I'm worthy of anything because what I'm focusing on is self-righteous, not God's righteousness. Can you see that? So many times what happens is people there constantly, and when you pray, when you've messed up, when you have messed up and you've sinned, you've missed the mark, Anybody ever done that besides me? Don't raise your hand. Some people are like, hey, I don't care. Everybody knows anyway. You know, I get it. Do you feel like praying? Why not? Because you're more conscious of what your flesh has done than what this blood has done. So what we do is we turn to the Lord and say, Lord... I ask your forgiveness, and if I confess my sins and I repent, you are faithful in 1 John. You, God is faithful. You are faithful and just to forgive me of every transgression. And the moment I repent, that thing is completely wiped out, and I don't have to carry it anymore, and so I can walk. Now watch this, but does that mean that my feelings have changed? If I pray that, I repent, I believe that he forgave me. Many times, what are my feelings still doing? You're still awful, you're still... And this is what's holding a lot of people back. It's because they don't think that they're worthy of this body and blood. Listen, by yourself you're not, but through Jesus he's pleased with all of mankind. And he says this, you can, no matter what you've done or where you've been, if you will simply at this moment, you've got a heart to repent, you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I repent right now. I repent right now. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm turning 180 degrees. I will not keep going that way. I'm changing my life. I'm changing my lifestyle. I'm changing my thoughts. I'm changing my decisions. Right then, what are you doing? You're esteeming the price of that blood. 
But see, if people don't esteem the price of that blood and what it did for them, then the Bible says this, if they don't esteem it properly and judge it properly, many of you are sick. In other words, when we take this body and blood, it is a reminder that Jesus has done everything he needs to do to put me in right position, not only to go to heaven, but to walk a life of healing, to walk in provision, to walk in everything that I have need of, to be saved from everything I need saving from. And that's not just hell. There's a lot of stuff I need saving from. And when we take this body... So now, what does the devil want you to do? He wants you to not take it. Why? Because if you start getting it, what's actually involved in the process of faith, when I take communion, watch this, what does it say? The life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. In other words, they knew that it was a sin to drink the blood in the Old Testament. Why? Because in that blood, it, it meant it was the life. Well, see, here's the thing. That's why Jesus, when he came in John chapter 6, I believe it is, he said, you must drink my, drink my blood, eat my flesh, and drink my blood. And they were like, ah! <laughs> you know, all the religious folk, they were having a fit, you know. Why? Because they knew the life was in the blood, but they didn't understand who Jesus was. What does this mean to us? This means that if we will take communion, and we will do it properly, life comes to us. Like, just eternal life? No, 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 not just eternal. It says the life of the flesh is in the blood. In other words, Jesus said, listen to what he said again in Luke chapter 22. Let me get there. He said, the hour had come, verse 14, he reclined at the table, the apostles with him, and he said, I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this, share it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body. Listen, this is my body. The body of a sinless lamb. Sinless, without sickness, without disease. I'm giving you my whole body so that your body can be whole. I'm giving you everything. A body represents something that's worthy or capable of producing. I'm giving you my body so that you'll have the mind to do work and be paid in full. I'm giving you my body so that you will be on top of your game. So that when you go to work, you'll be able to produce. I'm giving you my body so that you'll have all the physical benefits of a whole body. When you take communion, you should be believing that the life of the flesh is in that blood. It's in that body. Because you are trading yours. And think about this. Right now, I'm trading my situation for the situation of Jesus when he gave me his. There's an exchange happening. Every time we take communion, we're remembering it, we're putting faith on it, and it is truly a miracle meal where we partake of that communion and things can happen. Now watch this. He says uh, in verse 20, and when he in the same way he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup 
which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. It's the new covenant in my blood. I'm making with you a new covenant. I'm making with you a new testament. I'm making a new promise to you. Whereas before you've, ha you've had to live with whatever life brought you. I'm bringing you a new covenant. I'm bringing you something else. Now you can make an exchange. Simply by having communion, you can make an exchange. My body for yours. My blood for yours. And I'm going, and we as believers will esteem it and we'll live out that miracle meal and we'll say, Lord, I remember the price you paid. I remember the seed that you sowed. Not only for me to be whole and well, but I remember the seed that you sowed so that I can now walk and I can be the harvest of the seed that you planted. You gave your life right now, Lord, as I take this, I'm making a covenant with you. I give mine for the kingdom's sake and for the gospel. And when you do that, all of a sudden, you, stop, you start putting away the things that would make you say no when Jesus asks you for something. You start putting away all the excuses. You start getting all in. I'm all in. I'm in all of that river. Oh, over, my, over my ankles, up to my waist, all in, over my head. You start moving in that place. That's what communion is saying. It's a lot more than just a little bit, bit of breaking. And the devil tries to keep you from taking it. He tries to keep you from remembering the price. He tries to keep you from esteeming it properly because he knows if you start esteeming it, it makes a difference. Amen? So let's just stand on our feet for a second. Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes. If anybody still needs, I don't know if, what, if somebody needs some of the communion elements, just raise your hand. The ushers will get it to you. I think close to getting everybody. Lord, we esteem the body and the blood. Father, we're not leaving here and leaving it on the table. Lord, we partake of you. And look, you might not be have walked in here right. Maybe your heart was not where it needed to be. But right now, all you got to do is just change that. Just say, Lord, but I, I make it right right now. I make it right right now. And if that's you, just everybody in here, let's just pray right now. Just say, Father, you're the Lord of my life. Jesus, you are my Lord. You're the director. You call the shots. And I'm obedient. And I believe that you died for me. That you took my mess, my sin. And it took you to the cross and the grave. And I believe that God raised you up from the dead. But Lord, I don't stay in the same place. I receive forgiveness. I receive repentance. Empowered by you. And I'm turning my life around. And I'll never be the same. I receive the righteousness of God. In Christ. I have his righteousness now in Jesus' name. Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Baptize me with fire. That I can be the harvest of the seed of your life that you planted. You gave your life. Now reap mine. I'll do whatever you say. And Lord, I receive this miracle meal 
your body and blood, and I receive healing in my body right now. I receive provision in my life right now. I receive wholeness right now. I receive heavenly wisdom. Supernatural overflow. I judge this body and blood correctly. I won't walk out with condemnation. I'll walk out whole. And I'll walk out alive and on fire and empowered and emboldened for you and by you. In Jesus' name. Now just take a couple of seconds and just meditate on all that. If there's anything else you need to do to your heart to get it where it needs to be before you take those elements, take them. There's no reason why anybody in here can't take them. Get your heart right and receive the healing of God. I believe that there's people going to be healed even as they take communion today. I believe that provision is going to be, as soon as you take them, there's going to be supernatural favor that's poured out in your customers' minds. You're going to have supernatural favor with your bosses. You're going to have supernatural favor with God and men. All of a sudden, things are changing. When you believe that supernaturally things are changing, and Lord, I'm giving you me, when you believe that, those two things, go ahead and you can take the body and the blood. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I receive it. receive that wholeness in every area of our lives. We receive it. Thank you for it, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Sutalakoma tarabos bay. Mememeka abaso ofre kamaso. Dainadekaraboso. Ushers, you can just take those cups up. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We receive. Amen. You may be seated. Last year, about this time, I was invited to go to the Philippines. And uh, I knew I was supposed to go back. And I knew it was different from the year before. It would be, it would be my second time going. Uh, very quickly after that, uh, the Lord uh, told me to ask Paul to go with me. And, um, you know, I didn't, you know, he needed to believe God and uh, believed for his way to be provided for. What was awesome was the Lord had already actually provided everything you needed in a supernatural way. Somebody had just walked up to him and said, I want to give you a boat. And, um, <laughs> and so then uh, and when I asked you, the Lord said, I gave you that boat so you could sell it and go, right? Yeah. Something along those lines. And uh, it was like, glory to God. So before he was even asked, he had the provision in his hand. Now, see, most people would just take that boat and be like, oh, that's mine. That's mine. No, the Lord gave it to him for a reason. It's really good when God puts something in our hands that we say, what's this for, Lord? What do you want? Because sometimes he just wants to pass it straight through you. 
I've had multiple times where somebody walks up and let's say they gave me a hundred bucks or something and, and, and I get it in my hand and I say, all right, Lord, what's that for? And he said, not for you. And I was like, okay. And I say, well, just show me. Just show me where it goes and I'll just pass it on. And, and then that person would be like, I was believing for $100 today, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, so don't just assume that it passes through your hands. It's going to flow. Now, he'll have residual stuff that is for you. I've had people walk up and I say, Lord, all right, what's this, what's this for? And he said, it's for you. I was like, oh, okay, glory to God. Don't be afraid to ask him what it's for. And, uh, well, that was the situation. I know many people said, man, I got me a nice boat. No way I'm selling it. But he said, man, I'll sell it right now. And uh, he went with me. And basically, he just went with me uh, to um, help me because I needed, it's, there's a lot of people. There's over like 1,200 people that came through that week. And, uh, you know, I get to praying for people and they get to falling and they got hard concrete over there. And I needed, I needed some help in other ways as well. And um, I just, you know, you go over to a situation like that and somebody that comes alongside to help, uh, it's very important because they can cover some of the things that I don't have to think about now so I can just focus on ministering to the top of my ability and not worrying about some of the other stuff. And he wanted to serve in that way. Well, we get there and uh, the first, <laughs> we get there and he wasn't on the schedule to minister. He was just there to help me. <laughs> and uh, the very first day we get there, they said, yeah, uh, uh, Paul, uh, are you going you gonna to preach? And I said, I said, well, this is interesting real quick. I was just smiling, you know, like daddy, you know, like, it's like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, Paul's eyes got big. <laughs> and uh, he said, um, Pastor? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, yeah, he'll preach. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I think I called him. I said, hey, uh, guess what? <laughs> you're preaching in the morning. First thing, you're opening the conference up. <laughs> you're opening this whole week of conferences, all these speakers. You know, you've never preached on this level before, but... Here you go, here's the deep end, throw right in, you know, and uh, glory to God. I didn't mind doing that. I didn't mind giving that extra push, that, that was, made me happy. But uh, I was also curious, because I'm like, I'm interested to see how he handles this. You know, this is, this is fun for me. You know, he might have all the pressure, I'm enjoying it, I'm like, glory to God. I said, don't worry, look, I'll get up there and I'll, I'll open it up and hand it to you, I don't. You don't, you've never done that before. I'll do that. I'm sure you appreciated that at the moment. And uh, I got them because I walked in and everybody was sitting there, you know, looking at me funny. Even though we had a good time last year, you know, just because people had a good time last week doesn't mean they walk in this week with the same attitude they had at the end of the service last week. I don't know why that is. Um, but anyway, they should, but they weren't. And so I opened it up. I got them going, I got the Holy Ghost, I got that anointing flowing and everything, and then I called Paul up to preach, and he did a great job. He did a really good job. And uh, it was fun because uh, there, was one, there was one story he was telling about some bricks, and um, I was sitting there going, I was like, where in the world is he going with this? 
I was like, this is going to be interesting here in a moment. And uh, I didn't know at the time. He had no idea where he was going either. <laughs> I was like, man, this will be interesting. <laughs> so he was like, I don't know. I, he said, I was in the middle of the store and going, Holy Ghost, what's the end of it? I don't know, you know. And uh, he got to the end of it, the point, it was like the strongest point of the message. I, it was obviously the Holy Ghost. I was like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> you know, I was like, good job, Holy Spirit. Because you know? it wasn't Paul. And he was like, nope, it wasn't me. So anyway, he did good. The people really received uh, from him. Uh, but it, it was good. And you're in for a treat tonight. I asked him to speak. I asked him to uh, say something. Now, what's interesting is... I had told him about three months ago, I said, I want you to preach sometime, get a message ready. And uh, how many messages have you had since that period of time? Like, I know three of them. Yeah, yeah at least. <laughs> so he's had like, oh, I know what it is he wants me to preach. And then I know what this is. And then he just changed it this week. I know I want you to preach this. So see, it's not, I'm not the only one he does that to. So anyway, uh, Paul, come on up here and. Uh, we are excited to receive what the Lord's given you. Father, we just thank you for your blessings right now. Holy Spirit, just bring it alive in him and to the people in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, I'm not the only one that's had a rough week. This, uh, this, is, this is how the, the whole three messages happened. You know, earlier this week, it was Monday, I think, is when Pastor asked me to be praying on something that he wanted me to speak tonight. So, go into work Tuesday, and the devil was being a jerk and decided he was going to try to do everything he could to kind of get me detoured off the, the route that I was going. And I, and I had two other messages. It was pretty good. And uh, got to work Tuesday. Started working, and my wife can tell you when I go to work, I go to work. I don't, I don't play games. And I was up on the roof and started getting lightheaded and dizzy, and then I'd sit down for a little bit and I'd feel fine and go back to work and start doing it again. Well, for the past few months, I've been carrying something. My my father's got cancer, and I've had stuff going on and it lines up, and I haven't didn't tell Jade any of it because I didn't want to confess it, and. So all this started happening. Well, then I reached out to the pastors first thing that morning, but instead of being obedient and reaching back out to them, I let fear come in. And then it took over the situation, and then I, all of a sudden I needed to go to the doctor. I called the doctor, and they're like, well, you need to go ahead and go to the emergency room. So I go to the urgent care, and they immediately go, well, this sounds like a cardiac problem. You know, your, all your vitals are fine, but your heart rate's extremely high. So we're going to send you over to the ER. So instantly, panic came on. So then I'm like, oh. Didn't turn to where I should have turned. Didn't reach out to the pastors. Reached out to Jade, told her. So then I got her panicking because I was panicking. So then we go, and it turns out we get there. All my blood levels come back fine. They're, they done the EKG, everything was fine. Done a chest x-ray, everything was fine. Sent me home and told me I had mild dehydration. I made this whole ordeal out of some mild de dehydration. So then the next day, Jade comes on the Voxer line. 
And she was crying in her back. She had messed her back up. She couldn't bend over. She was in a lot of pain. So we prayed, and she, she put it down, moved on, completely better. And it was Friday. Wasn't it Friday? Friday, I'm at work. My sister calls me. My mom, has, she had a birth defect. So her main artery that goes to her brain runs outside of her vertebrae. She used to be a postal carrier. She had seven strokes within like five years. Every time she would turn, it pinched an artery. So my sister calls me and she's like, mom's at the Burger King in Mint Hill. She's having one of her strokes again. Da -da -da. This time, instead of getting in fear, I got ticked off. <laughs> because after having a meeting with Pastor Wednesday, I realized what was going on. And so instead of getting in fear, panicking, stopping my job, getting off the job, running, I just reached out to pastors. I turned on worship music. I started praying the Holy Spirit. Kept working. Didn't let it slow me down. Wasn't going to put another thought on it. A couple hours later, I find out it was vertigo. No stroke. No slurred speech. None of that. Now, I had to purpose myself to not panic, to not jump into fear. Well, Wednesday, whenever Jade had her stuff going on, I didn't even know about her back at first. I got up that morning and he gave me this. Well, after I sat down with Pastor Wednesday, I was showing him my notes and everything. He was like, you should have read this yourself. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he's like, it's funny how he does that. He gives you the answer you need, but you don't look to the answer. It's funny how, how that works, you know. It's, it's a really simple concept, yet we don't take anything simple. We want to make everything difficult. And when he was giving this, I mean, this is scripture that I've heard I don't know how many times, like, I mean, we were, some of them we've been hearing in the Overcoming series. Just goes to show, sometimes you can be sitting there and you can be attentive and you can be listening, but like Pastor was saying this morning, he comes to steal the seed as soon as you get it. That's what had happened. I had let him steal my seed. So when I got this message, this was revelation to me. It took me going through that before I really dug deep and understood exactly what was going on. And that made a turning point Friday with my mom. Yeah. If I would have panicked, who knows what would have happened. Because my mom, she doesn't believe in laying on hands. She don't believe in that. So if I would have, if I would have dropped my faith, then he would have won that battle again that I tried to let him win the other day. When I've already, we've already won the battle. Yeah. So that's one of the things that, one of the key points that he told me is it's, we need to understand who and whose we are. We're children of God. The devil's a jerk with no power. He has no power. It's like how we, Pastor Brian had that example this morning with Marky and me. But really when you think about it, size-wise, the devil is Marky. He tries to make you think. He's trying to make you think he's the big guy. But really in all actuality, he's really the little guy. But it's like when you're in a dark room, you hear that noise. That little noise in that dark room, you can't see it, so you make it out to be bigger than what it is. But when the light comes on, it's just a little mouse on the cabinet squeaking. But in your head, it's a tornado coming down, ripping your house down, somebody's coming in to kill you. In all actuality, it's something little small and simple that is not even worth your time to mess with. But that's a, it's a lie that he's got in there. It's something that he's planted in us 
and our flesh takes over, so we have to control our flesh with it. So then you have to realize what the scripture tells us. <clears throat> you have to know that we've already been healed. It's not that it's going to happen. It's that it's already happened. If you go to Isaiah 53.5, and I'm going to read it out Amplified. Because I, I, I love how the Amplified breaks it down. <clears throat> it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us upon him. With the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. That, that's the key word right there. That we are healed and made whole. You can't be whole if you're having a cough. Whole is a whole thing. So if I take just a little sliver out, it's not a whole. So that little sliver's a cough. It's a splinter that you have in your finger that's got a little infection and pus stuff. We're healed. It tells that. And then I've heard Pastor Brian said, I've heard Pastor Trace said, when you hear things, when he repeats himself, you need to listen. This is repeated a couple times. It's a past tense phrase that's repeated. When you go to 1 Peter 2.24, and he himself bore our sins, and his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Were. Were. It's already taking place. And we're not waiting on it. We've already received it. We have to get that in our head. That's what he's trying to steal from you. That's that important seed that Pastor was talking about this morning that has a harvest to it when it's planted in the soil. He hears that word, and he's going to try to steal it from you because he knows if you, he gets that. It was, if you think about it, one of the, the biggest tactics he tries to attack is, is, is your health. If he can get that little symptom and flare it up just a little bit, then your flesh takes over and your mind takes over and starts thinking, oh, man, this is bad. Like, this is bad. I'm, I want to die. I want to die. Doctor comes in. Even when the doctor came in the other night, I was in there. The nurse came in and said, your electrolytes are high, da, 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 all this looks good. And the doctor came in and said, mild dehydration. I was like, but I thought she just said I, was, I wasn't. So I was trying to force something in because I had panic. I needed to be, my panic needed to have a justification to it. I had, even though the doctor was telling me, giving me the answer, I was trying to make it worse than what it was. That's what our flesh does. That's what he does. He gets a hold of that seed and takes it from you, and then all of a sudden, he wants to manifest something. He's allowing your flesh, you're allowing your flesh to manifest what he's trying to get you scared of. So immediately, what, what happens when you look at TV and all that? I look at my dad, I immediately, there's cancer. There's something going on. I've got knots behind my ears. Like, that's where my dad started. My dad started with a lump behind his ear. That's, this is the beginning of it. My grandmother had triple bypass surgery, quadruple bypass surgeries, all this. My grandfather doctor tells me he thought maybe it might be a cardiac I'm having a heart attack something's wrong your flesh takes over he's still in the seed that we have been receiving for how many weeks have we been doing overcoming and it doesn't then it goes to show it's anybody I'm no different than any of y'all 
I sit here every Sunday and listen to the word just like y'all do. I take notes with my notepad and stuff. So that they're written down. It just goes to show how easy we let him come in and do that sometimes. One, I mean, just one of these scriptures right here should have, if I would have focused on it and I let it plant, one, that one of those two right there, either one, take your pick, would have stopped it right there in his tracks. But I let him steal it from me. And then I've heard Pastor Nicole tell me this one a lot, me and Jade a lot. So you really, it should go show how stubborn we can be, how hard-headed we can be. Because we got to be willing to give it to him. Second Corinthians 10.5 in the Amplified. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. We are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. What would, what would have happened if immediately when that first symbol came in, I said, nope, I'm healed. The word tells me I'm healed. That doesn't belong. You've got to get out of my head. You don't belong in there. If I'd have done that, I'd have continued working Tuesday, and I'd be a couple days ahead on my job. But, stubborn me, sometimes, you know, my mom used to make fun of sometimes I'd just beat my head against the wall and still wouldn't get through. <laughs> I see why she says that now. We have a flesh, and our flesh is stubborn. It's like a little two-year-old. He gets his mind made up. He's going to throw a temper tantrum because it's not his way. That's why we're supposed to crucify our flesh. Get it out of the way. That way when that seed comes, it's planted. And then when that situation comes that he tries to throw at us, it doesn't work. We laugh at it. We put the joy on. We belly up to the bar and say, throw me another shot. Remember that? This guy thinks, really? No, it's not going to happen. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and, once and for all. That's, that's a key part, once and for all. So once and for all means I give it to you, it's yours. I'm not taking it back. Because if I give it to you and I take it back, I'm not, I'm not following that scripture. I'm not doing it once and for all. Um. I'm letting you borrow it. Ah, I, I need that back. I need that back today. I'm just not feeling good. I need that so I can call out of work. That's not, that's not how we work. That's not how we're supposed to work. That's not what the scripture says. If it doesn't line up with scripture, then we're not supposed to walk in it. That, that right there is, I think is one big and one of my biggest struggles. I can see stuff sometimes, and I'll, you know what, this is yours. I don't, don't need it. And I'll do good for a little while. And then all of a sudden you'll have a bill pop up. It's like, oh, well, do I really? Do I really? This is, man, I've got this job, but this job, I, if I don't get it done by this, this bill's due here. Did it. So what have I done? I've taken what I've given him and said it's yours, now I've taken it back. And now what's it doing? It's causing anxiety, worries, concerns. But if I would gave it to him once and for all, I wouldn't have that anxiety. I wouldn't have that concern. I wouldn't have that worry, which then turns into a sickness 
because worry and anxiety will make you sick at your stomach. It will mess with your heart. It will mess with your blood pressure. It will cause some major issues if you don't get it under control. That's, think about it. I mean, a lot of times we think anxiety and we think, oh, they're just worried about something. Anxiety starts out as something like that. But then that term, give an inch, take a mile, you give him that little bit of worry, yeah. now he's going to take that little bit of worry, now he's going to make you think it, you're dying. You got a, you're, you're having a heart attack. You got cancer. Your mom's going to die. She's having another stroke. She's not going to make it through stroke number eight. You better stop what you're doing right now. Leave. You know, this job's not worth it. No, that job is. God gave me that job and this business for a reason. So when he was attacking me this week, he was trying to attack what God was calling me to do. He was attacking the business that God gave me. He was attacking the ministry that he was wanting me to do through that job that he gave me. So now what I did at the beginning of the week is I let him try to, try to take that. But then after sitting down with a pastor and him giving me this word that morning, Wednesday, that was it. It's like when you, you have that bully in school. And when I was in school, I, I hated bullies. I hated it. I bullied a little bit, but mine was in joking fun. <laughs> I, I, only, I only put one kid in the locker, and he asked me to because he wanted to see if he could fit in the locker. <laughs> True story. He really did. So... But a bully will, and it's not necessarily little people that you always think get bullied. When you think of bully, you always think the big guy, little guy. There are big, there are big guys that get bullied by little guys. And what happens is when he pokes you the first time and you don't stand up for yourself, then he's like, well, I can keep doing this. Let's see how much more I can do. So then he keeps on, keeps on. Then what are you doing? He's taking your lunch money. He's walking down the hallway. He's tripping you. Embarrassing you in front of everybody, filling your locker up with stuff so when you open your locker, things are falling out on you. But if you stand up to him when it first happens, he knows, I can't mess with this guy. He ain't going to tolerate it. Then move to the next person. That's what we've been doing. He's a bully, and we've been letting him push us. And he's, he, well, the other day I got George. He, he let me get by with this. Let's see if he can let me get by with a little bit more. Well, that worked. Let's try a little bit more. Well, now he's got you backpedaling. But the one thing that he doesn't realize is when people backpedal, and this is something I learned when I bounced. He teaches you a lot of things out of things that you've done wrong. When you start backing somebody up, they're only going to back up so far before they hit a wall. When they hit the wall, they come out swinging. That's what happened to me this week. I'd been letting him push me around. But my back hit the wall, and... You know the scripture, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but you, oh, he's going to know who Paul Stallings is. Because he's done, he's done, he's done pushed me enough, it ain't happening no more. I've had enough of it. He, he called me, he sent me a message earlier. He sent me a message, and when, when that happened, all right, you had the attack on your body, and then the, you had the attack and then we talked, mm -hmm. and then basically uh, that happened on Friday, and the message said, oh, I'm ticked. I was like, and I, wrote, I sent one back, I'm like, good, kind of, it's about time. <laughs> See, when that becomes real to you, 
then all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, I'm the healed of the Lord. Yeah. Wait a minute. When that gets real to you, all of a sudden, now you can go somewhere and you can put the devil in his place, and that was good. Exactly, because think about it, it's not just you he's messing with. He's attacking my family. I, I have an authority, that's my family. I can stand up for them. My mom might not believe it, but I can activate and stand with my faith for her. So now that I've realized what I really am and how I'm supposed to walk, he's, he's going to try, but he's not going to succeed. He's already been beat. So now when he tries me, he's going to have nothing to do but get on his knees because he's, he's looking up at me because the person that lives inside of me is bigger than he when we get that in us, it's, it's, it's funny because this morning in the morning prayer we had, how many movie examples? I feel like he, he's, he's using movies today. Because what I picture is, remember in Rocky Three when he's, he's fighting Clever Lang? And Clever Lang is sitting there hitting him and he just, he's just smiling at him. You ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. That's what it is. He's trying his best shot. But what he don't realize is his... He's just getting you fired up because there's something bigger in, there was something bigger inside of Rocky than there was in Glover Lang. Glover Lang was a big dude. Mr. T was a big man. Rocky wasn't that big. But what was inside of him, that fight that was inside of him, that fire that was inside of him, he didn't realize that he had it. And then that last shot, that was it. It was good night time. He had had enough. His back hit the ropes for the last time. And then he, let me show you what I got. I've, I've seen your best. Now let me show you what I've got. That's how we need to get. Yes. We need to learn to be like Rocky. When we've had enough of it, come out firing. Yes. Don't, don't let him get the best of you. Let him get you mad. Get mad at him. Don't get feel, I'm sorry. I just can't do it today. I'm tired. That's what he's wanting. No, you get, get ticked. <laughs> when you go and... Man, <laughs> I swear, <coughs> I'm not trying to use bouncing examples, I promise I'm fighting, <laughs> but in this situation, it just goes hand in hand. When you, when you realize, when I bounced, I was, I was one of the bigger guys in the bar, believe it or not, but it was funny because when you see a situation and you got a group of guys, the little mouthy guy was the always the one that everybody looked up to. But he couldn't do nothing. He was mouthy because he tried to get inside your head. It wasn't that he could beat you, but if he could get inside your head, because that mental game, a lot of times is stronger than that physical game. So the first thing I would do as a bouncer, when I get the loud guy, he's the first one that I'm going to shut up. Because if I shut him up, all 12 back off. Because he's done got it in their heads, but he ain't getting in mine. Because I, I've realized who I am and how big I am and how small he is. And I'm sorry, but mathematics, and all, it just don't work out that well. That's what, that's what happened this week. That's where we've got to get to. We've got to get to that point to really realize who we are. Who is inside of us. We're not going to take it anymore. It's not our fight. He's already won the fight. So why are we putting up with the fight? Right? I mean, 
We're not going to go, the United States is not going to go win a war and say, hey guys, let's go do this again. It's already done. It's, we don't need to go back over there. It's, yeah. it's finished. So then why do we keep doing that? I know I do it. I did it. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore. Amen. We have to have this word come alive in us. That's what happened to me this week. Yeah, yeah. When the word comes alive, then that's when he, he runs. Because he's like, oh, they figured it out. Yeah. They, they got a hold of it. I wasn't fast enough. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Right. Psalm fifty-five twenty-two. Cast your burden on the Lord, release it, and he will sustain and uphold you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken, slip, fall, or fail. That key word is release it. It's like I was just saying, we can give it to him, but we can't take it back. If I'm, gonna, if I'm playing baseball and I'm gonna, George is on first, I'm throwing to George. I go like this, I don't let the ball go. He's not getting it. What good is it doing? I just hurt the whole team down. When we do that, we got to think of it. It's not just us that he's attacking. That's right. He's attacking our family. He's attacking our family, the church, because we all bring something to the church. So if he can get you not here on Sunday because you've got a cough, well, now, whatever you were, wherever you were serving at the day, somebody else has got to pull in, so now we're short staff. So now we've got to move this person around, this person around, so now it's, there's a weak link. And that's what he does. He attacks and get the, it's, it, he wants to get that one spot, and then he gets that spot, then he's got a f- foot inside the door. He should never get a foot inside the door. That's right. He tries to get his foot in there, you break his foot off. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> somebody, somebody goes to open, <laughs> tries to force their hand through my door, and I'm shutting it. They don't need to be in there, they just lost some fingers. They're going to go to the emergency room because something just manifested on their hand that shouldn't have been there. <laughs> and it was their choice that that manifestation happened. That's where we got to get. <laughs> oh, man. I'm done. When I walked up here, I could feel it. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm doing pretty good so far. <laughs> not like, I'm trying my best to keep it together. But if he, I, if he keeps bringing bouncing stories, I don't know. I'm going to end up. I'll have to sit down. Because I know, I can already tell you what Jay's going to tell me when I get home. She hates hearing the bouncing stories. But they, they're good examples, though. That's why it doesn't matter where you've been, he'll use that. Because if you've never been through some junk, then how is he going to use you to, to tell people that you, you can come out of that junk? That's, that's the people that he wants. That's what he wants to use. Tell you, he... There's so many times that I shouldn't have been here. Literally. I mean, just a few years ago, I should have died, fallen off a house. Both my legs are still here. My back's working. I can run. I can work. I still do construction. I mean, there's times I should have died of alcohol poisoning. Nope. I've been in handcuffs in the back of a cop car. And the cop come open the door and say, you're good to go. But you just, I ain't going to argue. <laughs> Let's go. I've been, digging, I've been taking the jail a couple times. Never stepped foot into a jail cell. 
Literally, I walked in one. Everybody's got to take the shoes and give them the shoelaces. You had, I had big earrings. I was supposed to take them out. I had my lip pierced. supposed to take it out. I walk up, and the guy's like, just leave it in. You're okay. You need to use the phone? Long line. Thought he was going to get me killed. Walks up, hangs the phone up on him, and says, here, you can use the phone. <laughs> now, I'm in, st- that, that's, they, at that, that, j- they had black and white jumpsuits. Like, the old black and white. I'm staring there like, this guy just ripped a phone off the wall in there. I'm like, man, I think I'm good. Like, I'm going to hang out over here. And then one day, sitting down, he told me, who do you think took the handcuffs off of you in the back of the cop car? When you were getting jumped by 13 people, who laid on top of you and took the beating for you? When you were supposed to be taken to jail, who do you think held the doors shut? He had a purpose for me. He has a purpose for all of us. If we let these little lies come in, it steers us off the path that he's calling us to. Thank God we moved to Albemarle. It took a five-minute conversation in a bank, changed my life. Five minutes. Didn't even know Pastor Brown was a pastor. Just talked to him. Three months later, I think it was, he remembered my name. That's what it took to get me in the door in Boomerang. Remembering my name after a five-minute conversation changed my life. Got me back on the path that he was trying, he had been trying to keep me on. But I kept letting these little lies and these, these traps that the devil was setting, I didn't know who I was. So I kept falling for him. But now I'm learning who I am. Every week I'm learning who I'm supposed to be. What power has been given to me? What authority has been given to me? Because he got on the cross for me, shed his blood for me, took stripes so I ain't got to walk in no sickness. He done everything for me. Everything's already been given to me. I just got to figure out and get my brain out of the way and figure out how to unlock it. Because he's already done it. We were healed. It's already done. We got to get that in us and figure out why, where we're missing it. He's not missing it. We're missing it. It's taken me a while to figure this out. I'm still figuring it out. Sometimes I'm figuring it out the hard way. Sometimes I get lucky and I'm just having a conversation with Pastor Brian and he says something. I'm like, Never thought of it that way. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> Gotta read in context. Because <laughs> a lot of times it's what we do. We skip over the key words in there, like the release it. How many times have we tried to give it, but we just take it back? Well, we didn't release it. We didn't drop it. That, there's key words in those scriptures that we overlook all the time. That's a big one. <laughs> And I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm, I don't like reading. So, like, I get the reading. Sometimes I'll skip those words. <laughs> and then, like, I'll hear Pastor Sam, like, oh, I read that. I, didn't, I don't, hmm, I must have read a different version. Like, <laughs> that wasn't in my version. <laughs> hmm, somebody must have stole that page. <laughs> but we have to realize what's going on. The attacks, he tries to attack because there's, there's a purpose behind it. There's more going on than what we can see. 
That's why it's so important when we get these situations, we reach out. Me and Jade was one of those that reached out this week. A lot. A lot. (laughs) But by doing that and submitting and saying, hey, look, you know more than I know. Show me where I'm missing it. Then I see where I missed it. And now my feet are, they're not in the sand backing me up when the tide comes. They're planted on a firm foundation that's saying, try it again. Try it again, I'm going to bust you in your mouth. Like, it's that simple. You have no, you're like a roaring lion, but just like in that Rudolph movie, he got all his teeth pulled out. (laughs) He's useless. That's why every time I hear that scripture now, I immediately go to that. The abominable snowman, he ain't got no teeth. That's all it is. Exactly. He's putting the star on the Christmas tree. Like, <laughs> seriously. I mean, that's, think, next time he tries to attack you, you laugh. And this, joy is your strength. Next time he tries to attack, now you're going to think, huh. He's just, you're going to immediately go back to that Rudolph movie, The Bomb Snowman, going, hmm. You're going to do it. And then you're going to start, that joy's going to hit you, and then, He's going to go, you know what? That's it. I'm done. <laughs> like, they done figured out the key part right there. They laughed. <laughs> I have no power. He don't. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. To enjoy life. Another key word. Enjoy life. Priscilla, you went hiking this week. Can you go hiking up a mountain if you are carrying allergies? Are you going to, you can't, are you going to enjoy it? No. That's probably the worst place you want to be with allergies. Especially in the summertime. Springtime. Can you do it if you got asthma? It's going to be very difficult. So then that means you can't enjoy it. So therefore, if you can't enjoy it, then that's a lie, right? That's true. I mean, it's, that's simple. But do we really look at it that way? We don't. I, I definitely have not. I used to be one of those kids that had allergies. Like, they tried to give me cleared and all that, and it didn't work. They gave me, like, the, the spray, the inhaler. None of that worked. Like, I don't know. I was just a weird kid. But then I start reading this, and it's like, I know why it didn't work, because it was never there. I manifested it there. So how can the doctor fix something if I'm causing it? You can't. It's not a medicine for something that you're causing. It's, it's a lie. It's an illusion. The only way you fix a lie is with the truth. So why are we carrying it? Why are we letting it take the joy out of life? It's because we haven't got to the point where we've, we've had enough. We haven't let these, these scriptures sink down and become that, that life in us. I've let these scriptures go through my head and just go through. 
Because I felt like I was doing the right thing. As I, I know that scripture. Just because you know it don't mean you know it. There's a difference between knowing and knowing. Like Patrick was talking about drinking and drunk. There's a difference. <laughs> knowing it, I've read that before. But knowing it, like knowing it, means it's alive. It's a part of me. It's I have partaking in that scripture. It is a part of me. It lives in me. So if it lives in me, and it's life, then these lies of sickness and death can't come in. It ain't got room. When we fill it up with the truth, the living word, living, then death can't come in. It has no room for it. Our spirit has been to the gym and been pressing the weight and saying, mm -mm, let me flex my muscles, I ain't got room for you in here. I I'm taking up too much space. One of the biggest things that we neglect is praying in the Holy Spirit. Tells us we're supposed to pray in the Holy Spirit often. Often being like all the time. Like on the live, at the live at noon, the pastor went over 19 benefits and one little thing that he gave us. One thing. 19 benefits. Or. I know I, I wasn't. I'm learning and I'm going to be walking in all 19 of those. Yeah. But when we, when we realize the source that we've been given and we tap into it, that's when the life springs up. It's like digging a well. I can sit there and dig, dig, dig. But until I get that spring underground, I'm not, do, I'm not getting anything. But once I finally get down there and I put the work in of digging into the word to find out what it really means, then I hit that last shovel and that I've hit the spring now. Yeah. Now the water's flowing. Now I can help Jade. I can reach out. I can help Johnny. Hey, look, no, no, man, I just went through this the other week. Let me show you what I found out. Read this. That's good. Now I can take that word, what we're called to do, to the world. So they don't have to be bullied around anymore. Yeah. Praying in the Holy Spirit's huge. He will give you so much that you didn't realize. Jude 1.20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, we're building our faith. Yeah. Well, once our faith gets, gets where it's supposed to be, then we know what the scripture says is true. Then... One of the other big things that we went over, it brings boldness. Yeah. What happens when you put faith with boldness behind it? You're that guy who's had enough and his back hit the wall and now you're coming out swinging. She ain't taking it no more. You've got the boldness to stay in his face and say, you're a liar. Yeah. You're a liar. I ain't having it. I'm bigger than you. I've been given the power. He's told me, he's already defeated you, and he's told me every way that I've got to. All I've got to do is say, hey, he's, he's messing with me. And then he comes in, just like Pastor's example this morning. He's pushing and pushing. But then that moment you turn and say, hey, Jesus, then you got 
Then Rocky's coming out in the corner saying, messing with him? What you got? I've already done this once to you. We, we don't need Rocky Three Part Two. Like, <laughs> Rocky Three was my favorite one, if everybody's caught on to that. It's my, it's my favorite. So, we, we, don't have to do, we don't have to battle that war again. We don't have to go through that again. He's already done it. All we got to do is let Big Brother know, say, hey, look, hey. So, I go ahead and tell you, my, my stepbrother, look at him, he's, he's pretty much my brother. We don't use the stepbrother thing. I have went to battle for him sometimes when I should not have. But because he's my little brother, nobody's going to hurt him. You touch him, big brother's going to come in, and I'm going to handle business. One day after my accident, I was walking down my mom's driveway, and I would got to that point where it's the pity me. You said you were going to be there for me. Da, da, da. And I had gotten where I was walking my mom's driveway. My mom lives out in the country. It's a long driveway. It's just gravel road through the trees. And I was walking... And I started getting mad, and I was yelling at him. Look, you told me, you where you been? Why would you let me fall off this roof? And by the time I heard him, I never left you. You just stopped looking at me. And I was like, wow. And then I felt like that, you know, when you haven't seen your brother in a long time, you see him, and it, it might be different because my brother's in the Marines, so when he's been deployed, I ain't seen him in a while. He's been over in some mess, and when I see him, it's a big hug. That's what I felt. And in that moment, that's when I realized, if, if I'm a child of God, Jesus was the son of God, right? That means I'm his brother. That means he's my big brother, because he's definitely older than me. <laughs> right? I'm just saying. <laughs> so that means when he comes to try to mess with me, he, if I won't let anything happen to my, he's not going to let anything happen to me. That's right. So why are we not utilizing our big brother? He's already beat him. Because as soon as he sees it, he's coming up, man, look, man, that, that's my little brother there. I done, I, done, I done jacked you up once. Don't let me do it again. He ain't got to. <laughs> he sees that name and is like, never mind, you're good. And go on by. That's what we got to realize. Yeah. We got to get that boldness. Because sometimes it's, we let pride get in our way and we don't want to ask for the help. We don't want to call on it because we don't feel like we deserve it. But he gave his life for us. Yeah. He wouldn't have done that if we didn't. If he didn't want us to have that. If he didn't want to do that for us. He wouldn't have took the keys back for us. He's provided everything. This morning when he was in prayer, I was talking about, I kept seeing, it's like the desert, you know, that he tries to tell you, look, you're going to die. There's nothing here for you. But when we realize he's already given us everything, we walk with the oasis in us. Yes. Oh, the oasis is inside of us. Yeah. We carry it. Why did, he, why did he put it inside us? Because we're going to go in some places. that It's not going to be pretty. But if we're carrying it with us, he can't take it from us. I think it was Becca was talking about seeing it was like reminder like Lion King, Pride Rock. 
I was talking about the rain, but then after I was talking about the oasis, I was sitting there and I was like, remember that scene where when Simba first runs away, he's running through the desert, he collapses, he's dead. The buzzards are coming over there, Timon and Pumbaa. What's sitting there waiting on him, literally, right in, in sight? The oasis, the shade, the food, the water. What, what happened? He gave up. He gave up on it. That breakthrough is sitting right on the other side. We can't give up. We can't let him think he's won. We've got to realize and keep our eyes on the prize. He's right there. We keep our eyes on him. That oasis is in front of us. No matter how bad the drought is, how cracked the ground is, there's a crop right there. There's a spring right there. He knows if you get to that, it is done. Like, that's loss number two. That's why he hits, these, he hits us with these little symptoms. That's all they are. They're, they're symptoms. They're not, they're not anything. It's a symptom. Because now I've started focusing on this. And now I'm over here. Now I feel like I'm in the dark. I'm by myself. He's left me. Because he tells me this, but then I'm over here. I'm coughing up a lung. I'm, I'm bleeding. I'm going to die. When in actuality, if I'd have kept my eyes on him, and I would have stood in his light, I'm not bleeding to death. That's just a little splinter. Just, I, I, I scraped the scab off. But in the dark, man, there's warm blood running down my hand. I'm dying. I'm dying. He gets us off the path. We lose sight of where he's calling us to go. Then he eats our lunch. Then next thing you know, we're not in church. Because now it's the church's fault. Because they didn't pray for me enough. They didn't lift me up. They, I needed help, and they just kept taking me and showing me some words in a book. They didn't really help me. So now I'm over here. Now I'm at the bar. I'm drunk. Worldly drunk. I'm good. I got pride on me. Let me go. I can do it by myself. Boom, next thing you know what, I'm gone. He, he ate my lunch and took me out. Because I let something stupid come in and separate me from what he was calling me to do. I let something so small, because I guarantee you, there's people that have left because they felt like they were sick. They kept hearing healing. They didn't receive the healing. It was the church's fault. It was Pastor Brian's fault. It was... This minister's fault because I didn't get it and they are a liar because they said that I would receive it and da da Well, it's not their fault that they didn't receive. It was a heart issue. They, they didn't want. You have, to, you have to be willing to be helped to receive help. If we ain't willing, willing to receive it, I sat here. I thought I was willing to receive it, but obviously I hadn't really set my mind on receiving it. Because I'm pretty sure y'all have heard these scriptures a lot. I have. But for some reason, I didn't receive it. Because obviously, I wasn't willing to. But then when that time came, and he got me, and then came after my wife, and then came after my mom, and then I, I did what I was supposed to do and reached out to my pastor, and I, I learned the truth, and then I prayed to him, and I prayed in the Holy Spirit, and then he gave me the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of what he's been trying to tell me, and sat down and said, hey, look, this is where you've been missing it. It's right here. It's that simple. Man, I showed you. 
He showed you. I've told him to show you. I've told them to show you. But now that you've hit this spot, look, and you've done what I've asked you to do, pray in the Holy Spirit, build your faith up, get your boldness up, get tired of getting pushed around, you're walking and healing, you've already received it, you're not waiting on it, so quit asking for it because you've already got it. Start declaring it. Start confessing it. I'm the healed of the Lord. I walk in his full inheritance. His full inheritance, I mean, he's God. He's got everything. I mean, so it's not my bills, it's his bills. It's his money. Lord, Dad, got a bill due. Kind of need that help. Here you go. Dad, man, I ain't feeling too good. Nah, you're fine. Man, I already took care of that for you. That's right. Appreciate it. It's that simple. But are we going to let him? Are we going to realize that? Are we going to let him show us what he's been trying to show us? Or are we going to let the other guy show us what he wants to show us and try to get us off the path of where we're trying to go? Because now that I think about it, and I've seen how God's been moving, there was a purpose that he's tried to take me out. There's a reason. I'm not the only person he's tried to take out. I'm sure everybody in this room has had an instance where he's tried. There's a reason, because we all have a purpose. We all have a calling. Not everybody's called to preach. But people that clean the bathrooms are just as important as the person standing up here speaking the word. The person standing in the parking lot is just as important as the person standing there greeting at the door. We all have a purpose. We all have a calling. We all have a duty to perform for the kingdom. And if he can get us off the track, then he takes the kingdom down. But he can't take the kingdom down. What are you laughing at? Duty. (laughs) I shouldn't have stopped. <laughs> See what happens when you, you let your flesh stop and ask something in the middle of something. My wife. And she's red. But I think we, we all need to go back, include me, even though I'm part of, I was part of that, that show, and watch The Benefits of Tongues. We need to watch it. And then watch it again, and watch it again, and watch it again, and watch it again, and watch it again. Because it's something that you never can overlearn. You can never overlearn it. I mean, there's times, I'm sure I can tell you, sure you can tell me something, and even though I want to do it, good chance you ask me again in two months, I'm probably going to say, I don't know. I don't remember you tell me that. But if I, you tell me that, and then I concentrate on that every day, I write me a note and a reminder. I get up and I read that note every day, and then in two months you go, hey, Paul, what was that I was talking to you about? Got it right here. That's what we're supposed to do with the Word. When we do that with the Word, then what happened Tuesday would have never carried on to Friday. We got to get tired of it. We got to get the Word in us. It's got to be living in us. 
we got to get mad at the bully. Not mad at God. That's what we like to do. We like to blame him. I was, I still catch myself sometimes going, this is your fault. And then immediately, <laughs> he'll hit you with that answer. And go, really? <laughs> you should, uh, let me have you flip over here. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he'll humble you. And sometimes when he does it, old man, he'll make you mad. Because sometimes he'll use the person that you don't like <laughs> to give you that answer. It's like, really, you got to use that person? Out of everybody, you send that one. <laughs> Obviously, Kendall knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I'm sure I've been that person that's been the thing that that person's going, really, you got to send him? <laughs> Send anybody else, you're going to send that guy. <laughs> but that's how he works. Just like I was saying, sometimes he, he uses the junk that you've been through to show you where he's brought you. And now you can use that to show the other people how to get out of that junk. Because of something that you received, and you've received revelation on, and that word came living, and that living word pulled you out of the muck, pulled you out of the bar, pulled you off of the street, put a roof over your head, put you in a church, put you under a pastor who loves the Lord, dedicates his life to the Lord, dedicates his life to serving God's people to bring them the answers when they don't know the answers. That's how much he'll do for you. But are we, are we willing to let him? I wasn't at first. We do a lot of stuff. I was one of those people that people probably gave up on. I was smart. Graduated high school. I had, I had academic scholarships full. I didn't want to do it. I went and laid brick. Then I found out I could make money bartending. I'm good. My mom told me that's bad. Shouldn't do that. My mom knew the type of personality I had. She knew if I got around those people, what was going to happen. Started out bouncing, got in fights a lot, caused a lot of fights. I have no knuckles right there. Been in the back of cop cars. Was so drunk, I started the fight with 13 people. That's how prideful I was. And in that instance, when I walked away and I didn't have any scratches, I didn't turn to him. I was just that bad. I was a bad man. That's what it was. So then what happened? That pride took me to the next fight. Well, if 13 couldn't get you, you can go over here with these guys. You can clear the whole bar out. Barstool's broke, cost you back. Then I started hanging up. Then I, then I started bartending. Worst thing that happened to me. Because then you see drugs coming across the bar. You get friends that come in there and do this. So then you start. It's 4 o'clock in the morning by the time you get off. 
Try this, man. This will help you out. Okay. Do that. Sends you down a bad path. Puts you in that dark room by yourself. You're angry at the world. So then what happens? You lash out on everybody that tries to help you. You lose sight of everything. But he's never going to give up on you. He'll never let anything happen. No matter how far you think you're going, you're not. I didn't deserve it. And look back at the stuff I've done. I don't. I was so angry at people. We didn't even live in Albemarle a week. And I was fighting in the middle of the intersection. Come home from work. Because the guy was riding my, my, my tail end of my car. And got out at the stoplight and slapped my hood. That was it. Unbuckled, unbuckled the seatbelt, jumped out. We were fighting in the middle of the intersection. No telling what I would have done. I just happened to notice there was two, two older gentlemen across the street looking at me. And I was like, man, I've only been in Albemarle a week. They're going to arrest me. Got in the car and drove home. Why? Because I let all these lies happen. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who was inside me. I didn't know who was trying to get me to where I needed to be. And I did that. He got me in a dark room and beat the crap out of me. And I couldn't see it coming. The lights were out. Didn't know where it was coming from. I couldn't tell you which side was up, which side was down. Moved to Mooresville. Got a little bit better, and I started bartending again. Then I got, then I was getting the keys to the bar. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> Give me the key to the bar with all the drinks. Yeah. Started going downhill again. Luckily, I met Jade. We got pregnant with Scarlett. We moved out of there. I was like, I can't raise a daughter working in the bar. I'm going to go back to work full-time. Got a job working full-time at Lance, doing chips. Built a drug test. So where did I go work? A beer distributor. <laughs> what happened on Wednesdays? They gave you free beer. <laughs> where did he keep going? God gave me a job. I ruined the job. He brings me back to the alcohol. That's where I was working when about got in a fight. And then I just up and quit. Told Jay, I was like, we had just got our tax return back. I was like, I'm not driving out of the Concord. I just quit. Didn't seem smart, but obviously, it was the Lord telling me, go ahead and quit. Her mom gave me a job at Kimbrell's. Started delivering furniture. Then I got on the sales floor. Then I went back to construction, but I've always known. Then we found Boomerang. Well, no, we found Boomerang right at the end of my Kimberly's. Started working there. Things were going good. Then I once again got back in my head, and I started working all these hours. Well, what happened? He was giving me all these hours. It was good money. But what was it doing? It was pulling me back out of the church. He was trying to get me back out again. I stayed in church. Then what happened? He threw me off the roof. Why? Well, if he can't walk, he can't get to the church. Well, we got to the church. Like, I was supposed to be on a walk for four months. I used it for, what, a month? 
tried a lot. Beginning, he was getting me. He was beating me down. It was it was Rocky one. I went. I, I was going the distance with him, but I lost. But then, but then God told me he was like, "Hey, there's a second part. There's a second part to this. Let's train a little bit better." So then, I'm in boomerang. God gave Pastor Brian a word on the way to the hospital that day. We started standing up, started applying faith. I had just received, I think I had just received the Holy Spirit. This is what, maybe like four months before that's when me and you set up the church and prayed until I, I, I received it and started speaking in tongues. Why then? So he knew I was going to need it because of the faith that I was going to have to have for what was to come. Holy Spirit will give you the answers before the problem tries to come. He knows the plan that's ahead. He knows the taxes that are coming. He gives you the answers. That's why he tells us, building yourselves up most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You have to have that faith that endure the race. If you don't have the faith in the word, then you don't believe the word, then he's going to get you in a dark room. Praying the Holy Spirit gives you the boldness to stand up and say, I've had enough. Let me cut the lights back on. It's important. It's important to make sure you stay plugged in. That's what he's trying to do. All this that he tries to do is to try to get you to unplug. Because if you unplug, you disconnect the power. The lights are off again. And you can't flick them back on. Then, <laughs> I don't know if I should use that example. Yep. Remember in Living Color, Home of the Clown? When I was little, I'd walk in a room, my cousins would do that. They would cut the lights off, and they would all have Home of the Clown socks and beat the mess out of me. That's what he's trying to do. He messes with me no more. It's just a sock. <laughs> Get out of here. I don't hurt. You got to do better than that. It's just, are we going to? Are we going to realize it? Are we going to laugh at him? The toothless. Just gnawing over there. It's like watching... <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> no I'm not going to do it okay <laughs> it's like going to K&W you got the old person with the dentures just take it out so they can eat the corn try to know I'm a corn on the cob with no teeth it ain't going to happen you're just going to make a mess He's just going to make a mess and everybody's going to laugh at you. That's what he is. Start laughing at him. See, and people will say church is boring. He'll use some stuff. <laughs> see, see, I used to be a bartender. What happens? 
He's like, you still the bartender. He's going to be, you're going to be slinging some other drinks. And that's why when he was up here, I was sitting there and you're talking about just sitting there. To a fashion Nicole is like, as an old bartender, what would happen? You just sit there and one by, I'll take that back. <laughs> oh, then I'll have fun. <laughs> but that's our strength. We have to learn to, to laugh at the situation. I mean, if Oliver came up to me and told me he was going to beat me up, it's funny. It's not really going to happen. He's being funny. Like, he knows he's not going to do it, but he's going to try. He's going to tell you. <laughs> but really, that's, that's what it is. He's just trying to. Because at one time, you're going you're gonna to slip up, and you're not going to pay attention, and you're going <laughs> to... Ding, ding. <laughs> ding. And then that's when that uppercut comes. <laughs> Levi. There's one drunk in the corner. <laughs> that's, that's what he gave me. I'm going to read these 19 benefits. I, I wrote them down. I want everybody to know. There's a lot. Some of y'all didn't watch the show. We watch. We know who's watching. <laughs> and we watch and see that you're on there, and then you jump off, and then you jump back. <laughs> I'm just saying. Facebook don't lie. <laughs> One, evidence of baptism. Two, Sign for believers and unbelievers. Three, witness for God. Four, obedience that brings blessings. Five, allows us to pray directly to God. Pray directly to him. We cut out the middle man. We eliminate the flesh. That's how he gives us the answers. That's where this kind of stuff comes from, that revelation that you get. That right there. And if you don't activate it, you ain't going to get it. Six, refills our tank and stirs up the gift. That's stirring that gift up, bringing that faith up that you need when that situation arises. Exhortation, give thanks and worship well. That's another one that will bring you some stuff. Start praising him. Start thanking him. Thank him for the stuff that hasn't even got there yet. Because it's coming. Pray for the unknowns. Solves problems before they arise. Man, I could have avoided a lot of stuff this week. Could have avoided a lot of stuff in my life. Pray the exact will of God. Empowers angels to work for us. We ain't got to do it. We got help. Got a whole army just waiting. Saying, come on, just drop, just give me one syllable. Just one syllable. And I swear I'll knock his head off. 
removes selfishness from prayer, empowers and strengthens yourself. Start flexing the muscles. Start showing him who, who's his daddy. Who's the big man on campus? Whose ring it is? Brings that boldness. It says it's enough. Builds your faith. Increases ability to be led by God. That way he can show you that path that he's trying to keep you on. That he's trying to take you off of. Because if we lose track of that path, it's pretty easy to get lost in the woods. Brings confirmation and revelation. <laughs> Could have used that earlier this week. <laughs> Got it Wednesday. Could have used it Monday. <laughs> Brings life and the fruit of God. What's that fruit? Been able to get that revelation and stand here and let y'all know what I've been through. That way y'all ain't got to go through it. Sharing the fruit. So now you can take that and you can put it on you and you can give it to somebody. We all got to eat. But how stingy am I if I get it and I don't share it? That's why it's important when we go through things, we figure it out. We figure out where we went wrong. That way, that next person coming, we can say, hey, look, I've, I've been there, done that. I can show you. Let me show you. Thank God we've had, we have pastors that's been through some stuff, that learned some stuff, got some revelation on stuff, have the word living in them, took it and grabbed a hold of it, made it real. And give it to us every Sunday, every time we pick up the phone, every time we got a problem, we go to them. They can't help us if we don't go to them. They can't show us if we don't reach out. We have to reach out. That's one of the things Pastor got on to me Wednesday. Well, instead of going to the hospital, you just went from reaching out just to I'm going to the emergency room. How can I help you? How can I show you something? How can I show you what he's already showed me for you if you don't call me? He gave us help everywhere we turn and look. From our pastors, army and angels ready to come fight for us. Jesus, who's already won it for us. He's given us the oasis inside of us for us just to pull on when we need to. He's given us a full inheritance for us to reach up and say, hey, that's mine. I belong, it belongs to me. Let me go ahead and, I'm going to go ahead and take part of that. The pastor was saying earlier, we have to partake. Can't get it to us if we ain't willing to partake. Right. He'll just take it back. It's just going to sit there. It's going to collect dust. Somebody's going to get hungry enough and come over there and say, that. well, I'll, you ain't going to take it. I'll take it. Healing's ours. Yeah. We have to stand on it. 
all those scriptures. Very simple scriptures. Scriptures we've heard time, time, time again. I believe, I, I mean, I received more listening to myself talk again tonight than I did the other day. I still received more. Just because the examples they had me telling y'all is those are examples for me too. And there's probably, actually, I'm gonna go ahead and say there is, there's some healing that's taking place while you're just listening. Yeah. Because you were, you were listening and pulling on it. You were saying, I'll partake. Yeah. I'll drink to that. I was partaking. I kind of took it back a little bit because he needed me to do something. Told me to get up from the bar. But we had to build our faith up. We had to understand who we are, whose we are, what we're called to do, where we're called to go. Who's the bigger one? Who's got the upper hand? We do. It's time to flip the light switch back on. Look at him in the face. Laugh at him in his face. He ain't got no right. He's got to go. (laughs) We just watched the YouTube video the other night with Barrett and George. One that went viral. It's one of those interviews with the, the news people. It was a, <laughs> the, the, the apartment building got on fire. And a lady, <laughs> in those exact words, when we realize who we are and who's, whose we are, and that's when we look at him, not today. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> that's, that's what we got to do. That's what it is. Not today, not tomorrow, not the next day. You're done, man. It's over. You, you put up a value on effort. You tried. You tried. But go ahead and remember this name. Add that to the list. You ain't getting by with it no more. Yeah. Got my boots tied tight. Yeah. My big boy britches are on. Enough's enough. Amen. And you turn the lights on then and the words are rocky. Ding, ding. <laughs> it's on. You know, how do you know when that word gets in you? How do you know when the word gets in you? Let's just use healing, for example. You know, he said, which was great, what I loved about what you talked about is you, you didn't just tell everybody what they needed to do, you showed how you needed to do it, right, and what things you needed to work on and change. And I think everybody in here, including myself, can relate to that, where we've missed it, where we've done the wrong things, where we haven't reached out when we should have communico- communicated quickly, right? Uh, and... A lot of times people don't realize what's actually going on. They're just, all right, this is it. Here's, here's how we start to realize. We start to realize that we got it, right? 
when the word gets in you so strongly and the sniffle comes, you don't go, oh, well, must have a cold coming. No, no, no. The sniffle offends you. See, when the sniffle offends you, you start to realize it's offending you because I've gotten to the place where I realize how much that is not a part of Jesus. The sniffle. I Never did you see Jesus in the, in the Word Well, he had a sniffle. Never in, um, you know, never in heaven is there sickness. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no lack, right? There's no poverty. He said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You, when it starts to say, oh, no, not today, devil. It, this, no, this doesn't work. There's no sickness in, in Jesus. There's no lack in Jesus. There's no poverty in Jesus, right? And you start to realize it, <laughs> it's like um, a league of their own. There's no crying in baseball. There's no sickness in Jesus. Like, and it offends you. It offends you. Wait a minute. And you start to say, you know, just, just earlier today, I couldn't tell or not, he, he wasn't sick. But I thought, I thought that he was getting sick the way that he was acting towards Nicole and the way that she acted towards him. She was just loving on him because he's getting big and he doesn't want to cuddle as much anymore. And uh, so I thought, I thought he was feeling bad. And I was up here, I was offended. And y'all didn't know it, but I was about to say, is he something wrong? Let's pray right now. Let's just release that anointing. I was offended. Why? Because that's got no right in our home. Why? Because it's got no right in the body of the anointing, the body of Christ. When you start to get that word so ingrained inside of you, it offends you when something goes contrary to that word. Sickness tries to come into your home. Lack tries to come in. It offends you. And see, what happens is when you get that, when you don't have that word, you just like, oh, something's happening now. What's going on? I don't know what it is. I need to go to the doctor. Right? Instead of being like, no, this is not right. See, when it gets to be a part of you, anything that's not a part of Jesus will offend you when it tries to come in your life. Get to that place. Keep putting that word in. Keep putting that word in. Keep putting that word in. Keep putting that truth in. Keep putting the life of God in you until the point where anything that's anti-life, it offends you. It crosses a line inside of you. It crosses something. It, it crosses the grain and all of a sudden you'll stand up and you'll, you, what's happening is you put yourself against that wall of the truth and anything that pushes you further, further back will cause you to come out swinging in the spirit, so to speak. We've got to get that word in us and not just amen it, not just check the box and hear it. I heard it in a message. You know, it, you said, how many times have I heard these scriptures? But I didn't realize I didn't have them till Wednesday. Something clicked for you. You saw something new like you'd never seen it before. That's the word when it comes alive inside of you. Now tonight I just want to, we're going to take up an offering. Um, basically, let, where's my Bible real quick? I just I want to read you this, but after we we're going to, I'm going to do the offering now. I'm going to do the offering now, but then I want us to pray. But basically, in Philippians, you know, in Philippians four, it said, "My God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory." Right? 
But you, do you know what that verse is actually talking about? He's saying that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. Philippians had that promise because they were givers. Philippians had that promise because they were givers. In, in 1 Timothy chapter 5 it says this, The elders who rule well are considered to be worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he's, in, while he's threshing. The laborer is worthy of his wages. The laborer is worthy of his wages. Galatians 6 and verse 6. For the one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches them. The one who is taught the word is to share all good things to the one who is teaching him. And then the very next verse says, verse 7, Do not be deceived, God's not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, this will he also reap. In other words, what he's saying is, when you are taught the word, our job is not to sit there and be like, Oh, good, thank you so much for bringing me that word. Okay, see you later, bye. No, we're supposed to have a response to it. We're supposed to say, hey, I have a responsibility. I realize I just got taught life. My life is going to go up. I'm going to apply some of the stuff that Paul talked about that he missed. I won't have to miss it because I just listened to that. And now my life goes up to another. I'm going to sow. If I have things good happening in my life, I'm not just going to sit by. A, a laborer is worthy of their hires. Worthy of honor and double honor is what the word says. In other words, this is my point. When you come into a service, you should never, ever, ever, ever come into a service and not be prepared to give. I'm not saying that you've got to give $10,000 every time that you go into a service or a million dollars every time. I'm saying that you never come in where you're not prepared to give on some level. You know, it's, it's easy today. Today it's so easy you can get the app, you know, right off the website. It's easy to give. Even if you didn't come in with check or cash or anything like that, you can, you can give it on the app so, so quickly there. But my point is, it's not, it's not whether or not you actually have it in hand. It's whether or not you have it in your heart. Whether or not you have it in your heart. Are we prepared to give in that way? We need to make sure that we are always prepared to give. In other words, I, I tell this story. One time I went to a, a, a karate class. And even though we paid monthly, we paid a monthly fee, the, even the world understands this principle. The instructor said this. The instructor said, everybody, when you come in here, I want you to make sure that you bring something. At, at the very least, bring a quarter to every single class. Why? Because it does something to us subconsciously when we feel like we're paying a price for something, right? It, we, it does something to us. Well, that's just worldly logic in that way. But there's something in God, too, that says, look, I shouldn't come and not be prepared to give something. I should be prepared to give to the place that feeds me. I should be prepared to give. Now, look, here's the thing. Even I, who does most of the teaching and preaching here? Me. Well, still, every Sunday, every Sunday I try to give either, either by cash or check or I give it on the app. Every single message I go into, every meeting I go into, I try to always give myself. And I'm the one preaching. Why? Because we've learned that we need to take up God's not mocked whatsoever man sows. And he sows out of his heart. 
we need to make sure that we have the proper response that God has laid out. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a ton. It just has to be obedience. It doesn't have to be a ton. It doesn't have to be small either. It just has to be obedience. And so as you prepare your offering tonight, we're going to bring it forward real quick and then, we'll, then we're going to pray and then we'll be done. But Lord, I just ask that you bless it. Thank you, Father. Lord, let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Thank you, Father. Shall men give unto your bosom. Lord, every heart that gives, every heart that gives, every heart that gives, Lord, out of the abundance of their heart to give, Lord, let it be multiplied back to them according to the condition of their heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy.